Thanks for joining us today on the Centerpoint podcast coming from the Loft on Main in Danville, Kentucky. For more information, check us out at centerpointdanville.com. Well, good morning and welcome. I'm so excited about what we're about to experience simply because of what it represents and how it can impact lives, how it can change lives, and how it's going to change your life. And so, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we just sort of said, you know, how do, we, how do you sort of transition from where we were to be still to straight into Easter, you know? Easter's such a huge moment for the Christian faith, and we know that it can impact thousands of people if, if we get on board with what God's already done. Check that out, that phrase, what he's already done. Come on, that's an amen if you grew up in a Baptist church, right? It's not what he's going to do, it's what he's already done. And, and you know, here's the thing. A lot of us are sitting on it. We're sitting on it. And so it, I want you to move. I want you to get excited about what God's doing in the life, in the midst of where we're at currently, where the pulse of what he's trying to do through you and, and through your family and, and through your extended and your neighbors and, and where you work, live, and play. And I, and I guarantee that if we do this, man, it can, it can change a community. And so what we believe is this series has the potential, the potential to not just get us ready for Easter, which is... <laughs> By the way, it's next week, if you didn't know that. Some of you are like, oh man, I thought it was like a couple weeks ago, you know? Easter is way back on the, you know, on the calendar date for this year. But you know, from Triple H, you know, we got Hippity Hoppity Hope to the Easter Blitz, which is next Saturday, where we impact families and we invite them up here to the loft on Saturday. If you want to be a part of that, we'd love, we'd love for you to connect with us because we love hanging out with people and building relationships. But, but here's the truth, together, not individually, but together, together, we can make a difference for our community and it can be a, a generosity of love that just released and changes our neighborhoods. And we just, we just want you to understand that you, you are a critical piece of what happens next. And as you, as you do it, as you begin to just take those steps into the future, trust me, it's gonna impact the world and I guarantee it, it starts with your movement. So over the past couple of weeks, we, we basically have been highlighting and highlighting and highlighting biblical moments and biblical responsibilities that, that we have, that God left for us to love our neighbors. And if we want to make the biggest impact, you ever, you ever thrown a stone into a, a lake or a pond or something, you know, that, that, that first huge boom, you know, that big wave, I know it's a horrible noise, you know, those moments of just that wave, right? And it just sort of just takes off and it just sort of... Just, and then the ripple effect goes how far? It goes as far as it allows it to go in the, in the water. And I believe we have a huge pool of water around us in our community. And we have the, the potential to impact it in a huge, huge way where we work, where we live, and where we play. And, and, and if, but we have to be following what Jesus commands us to do. And if you're, if you're a Christ follower here today, the, the, then, then this is huge. But if, if you're not, these values that he teaches us can still change and impact the culture. And I encourage you just to lean in anyways, because it can change your life. You know, if, if we are Christ followers, though, it's, it's commanded that we follow them. It's commanded that we literally take them and go do something with them. And it's just when we follow, when we follow in complete obedience and put these into practice as we center, as we point, as we live, with Jesus at the center of everything, it does, it changes our lives, which what? Changes other lives. We like to say it this way, change lives. And when we do that, man, it does, it impacts a community. Here's how we know this is true. 
We said this a couple weeks ago, and Jeff picked it up last week, but Matthew 22, 37 and 40, Jesus just flat out calls us out. He says, this is what you do. This is how you, this is how you share my love to the world. It says, first, you got to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with what? All your mind. And it's an inward thing. you got to get this right first. And the second, that's the first and the greatest commandment. The second is likewise, love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. See, that's the outward motion. When you get God, when you get him connecting, and then you go outward, it changes things. And, and then it says all the laws and prophets hang on these two, two simple commandments. Love God and love others. If we could just simply phrase it down to that. You've, you've seen the t-shirt. You've probably bought one. You've probably got a bracelet. Some maybe even got a tattoo. Maybe you got a buckle. I don't know. But the truth is, you, you've, you know that verse. You know that verse because you've seen it. Maybe you even said it. Love God, love others. But do you do it? Do you really do it? You see, it's, it's, it's just that simple. And if I'm honest, here's the truth. This is so hard to do, isn't it? It's hard to love God some days. Because we think we should be better. We think we should be better off. We think and we fill in the blank. Or it's sometimes really challenging. If we're honest, and I guarantee it, if you're not raising your hand on this one, sometimes it's harder to love your neighbor. Come on. Yeah, that's what I thought. It's challenging to love our neighbor. It's challenging to love our enemy. But he commands us to do it. He commands us to walk across the room and, and go breathe life into him because he's changed your life. And there's the question, has he? I find it so funny because even in my walk, some days I... I stumble on this one. It's so hard to be obedient to something that's so easy. Just love God and love others. You see, it's challenging to, to love some days, isn't it? Especially when that person keeps on picking on you, nitpicking or throwing Facebook darts. You can do that, by the way. Or tweets at you, Snapchat something, just berates you with all kinds of stuff that's heavy. It's challenging. Yeah, here's the amazing thing, is Jesus loved, Jesus loved God so much by going through with the cross so we could experience his love and follow him that could change everything. He did it. He did it for us. And, it, and if you're in Christ, we have been called to be a light that can change everything just like he did 2,000 some odd years ago. Even in the most darkest moments when we thought there was no hope and, and everybody around thought it was over, rover. Boy, they didn't have a clue, did they? Three days later, up from the grave, he arose. Great song, by the way. He came out with a beam of light and changed the world. And that light is supposed to be in you as well. Every time you walk out your door, it's supposed to be a beam of light. Every time you step into your classroom, it's supposed to be a beam of light. Into your work environment, beam of light. Even in the bathroom, a beam of light. Wherever you're at, a beam of light. Even in the most darkest places, Jesus said it this way in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. And this is where we're picking up this, this whole series. It says this, you are a light of the world. You, you are a light, you are a light, you're a light, you're a light, you are a light. 
A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people put a light under a lamp and, and under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, it says, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify the Father in heaven. So they may see it. So they can believe it. So they can receive it. And so they can become a child of the one true king, John 1, 12. See, when you think of the word light, what do you think of? In your mind, like, what do you think of? I mean, you see lights around here. You see all kinds of things. Maybe you're thinking about the sun. I don't know. But what, what, is, what is the first thing that comes to your mind? Maybe it's a big headlight. I don't know. Maybe it's some strobe lights, laser lights. I, I, I truly don't know. But the way that the definition in, in the dictionary says this, it says light is the natural agent, is the natural agent that stimulates sight, that stimulates sight, I love it, and makes things what? Visible. Makes things visible for everybody to see. It's kind of hard to walk around. I don't know if you've ever been to Mammoth Cave, but we have one of the most amazing things in, in our culture. Some people got the Grand Canyon, we got the cave. You know, it's just one of those things. But if you've ever been down there and they shut the, the lights off, it gets really, really dark. And it, it just takes one little small light. Like, and we're talking like a little small, little, even a, a, a little light on your you know, watch would illuminate everything. One small light. It's so cool. But you take one big strobe light down there or one big floodlight, it will illuminate everything. You can see everything because it bounces off everything down there. It's awesome. But see, light does stimulate. It, 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 it causes something to happen. I mean, it just all of a sudden, it just starts to change personalities and everything. And, and, and my son, this past week, we were coming home from a soccer game at, at nighttime, and um, I had the privilege of, of, of riding with M1 and M4. So that's my oldest and my youngest. And M, M, M4, man, he's, he's, he's a hoot right now. He's into everything. He's into my toolboxes. He's into anything he can get his little hands on. But he loves flashlights. And he can get into flashlights and he will go around just like, and he'll just, like, he'll just, he'll blind you, man. He'll just put it in your eyes. He doesn't care. But then we had this awesome flashlight inside the car, something like this. And he turned it on and I mean, it was, it was everywhere. It was blinding everybody in the car and he was just cackling and laughing. And it was so funny. It was causing, it was causing some issues in the car. It was causing some moments that were probably not so safe because he hit my eyes more than one time and I couldn't see a thing. I was just lucky to stay between the lines. But then all of a sudden, what I thought was funny is he turned that light over to the car beside us <laughs> while we're driving. And he just pointed in the eyes. I was like, no, and I'm trying to drive, and I can't see in the first place. I mean, he's just hitting everybody's eyes. And now he's just doing this, and, and Maximus was like, no, Micaiah, no, 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 Matthias. And I'm just sitting there just laughing, and the truck driver beside me was blowing his horn, maybe flipping me off. You know those moments of clarity? It was causing people. It was changing. It was stimulating people. I'm telling you, it's cool when people get the light. It's cool when, when, they, when they get impacted by a light. It changed everything for a moment on, on the bypass on 127, I'm telling you. Everybody's like, what is going on in that car? It's an exorcism for, and for some people. They're like, what's going on? But I'm telling you, light was happening and it was changing people's lives because my son and my other son, they were laughing so hard, it was hilarious. And there was so much laughter coming out of our car. It was great. And the guy beside me, he finally saw what was going on, and he started laughing. It started to change the atmosphere. 
It's crazy what one beam of light can do to the community. Now then, when we, we finally figured out, you know, how to get the light away from him, my son says, well, Dad, that probably wasn't a very smart thing to do. I said, well, thanks for calling me out there, son, you know. But, you know, we look at being called out, you know. We didn't tell the mom yet. She just now heard about that story. But those moments of clarity, when you get called out, right? When you get called out and you're like, that probably wasn't the wisest decision, but it did change people's lives. It did impact them. And I was just curious today, have you ever been called out for something? Have you ever been called out for something? Something significant, maybe something small? You know, something like sneaking a cookie before supper. You shouldn't do that. Or maybe it's even for us, telling on us a little bit, but sneaking drinks into the movies because they're just too expensive. <laughs> you know, come on, you know you've done it. Possibly drinking from the milk container out of the fridge. Anybody? Yeah, okay. And possibly, possibly just thinking about walking across the clean mop floor, you know, with your shoes on, you see the footprints, and your mom comes in, who did it? And you're like, oh, I didn't do it. You know? Maybe it's something a little bit more. Maybe you cheated on a test. You got called out for it. Because all your answers align with everybody who missed They missed everything. You know, it's impossible, right? Maybe you got called out. And you're like, I, I didn't do that. Or maybe it's like, for me, I, I, was, I was coaching this week in soccer. And, and, and as I was coaching, you know, this week I had a person who was just, he just wasn't doing their best. Just wasn't doing their best. And so I, I told them, I said, that they were good enough to do more. They were good enough to do more, and they, they had more in them because they were made for more, to score goals. And the cool thing was I, I, I saw that they weren't putting everything they had into that moment, and so I loved on them. I coached them up. I called them out. And the next game, they did some amazing things. They scored goals. Matter, matter of fact, they scored multiple goals. I called them out, and it impacted our team. What about something maybe a little bit more heavier? Maybe something that has more gravity to it. Maybe, what about some of you, tax season's right around the corner. I mean, you haven't filled them out yet. Some of you may be in a little trouble because you're hiding something. You're hiding something from the government that you just don't want to be low, but eventually you're going to get called out for it and it's going to catch you. Maybe it's something in your marriage and, and you're hiding that habit hang up or you're hurt. And someone has called you out and you're hiding it. You fill in the blank. I don't know what it is. You, you know what it is, and you, you, when you get called out, what do you do? You, you retract. And maybe, maybe you fear getting called out, so you just don't, you don't be around people. That's why you're an introvert, and that's why you avoid people. Or maybe you choose to not engage church at all because you know your lifestyle that you're living is, is not right because you, you just you don't want to get called out. You don't, want to be, you don't want to listen to the word of God because you don't want to get called out. So you blame, you find blame for everything else because you don't want to change who you are. You don't want to change what you care about. You don't want to change because you know you're supposed to be the light of the world. And maybe you get called out for something good, though. I love getting called out for something good. It, it, it really uplifts me. My, my, my love language is words of affirmation. If you didn't know it, I'd love to hear you say how good the sermon is on the way out. Great sermon, C. Thank you so much. You, this is going to be an awesome sermon from this point on. But maybe you get called out for something good, 
Something that just, like, it, it changes who you are. My wife, she, she is one of the greatest persons when it comes to this. She, she finds good in a lot of people. And she says, me, you have the most contagious smile. And you can just watch them go from here to here. The server, man, you, you do such a good job at that. It's, it's awesome to, to get called out for something good. When someone sees you doing something amazing, they just want to let you know how amazing you do something for someone else, how well you serve, how well you love, how, how you go the extra mile to get the job done. How does that make you feel when people call you out for that? To get called out for something good. It makes you want to do it more, doesn't it? It makes you want to go the extra mile. It makes you just want to be the light of what? The world. And I think today, as we finish this out, we all need to be called out. We all need to be called out, especially for Christ followers. You can't just claim something and don't do it. It's called a hypocrite. If we're going to change our community, then we have to know who we are and how we're going to get the job done. Because together, we can be a force for good. We can be a light that, that changes everything, that changes the atmosphere. Together, we can illuminate things and change the, everything around us, every atmosphere. I know some people are like, eh, it's impossible. You don't know where I live. I'm telling you, a beam of light can change everything. Together, we can be a light and a beacon of hope for every person in our neighborhoods, for our community, as we push forward into time and space in our future. I love how Jesus calls us out. We know some famous verses where Jesus calls Peter out, right? He calls him out in the water. He calls his, his, his followers out, and some of them fall away. But right before, right before he ascends into heaven, he, he just goes on this tangent. He just goes after this. He essentially says, this is how you're going to get this done. This is how you're going to be the light of the world. Guys, I'm telling you, this is how it's going to happen. In Acts 1.8, if you got your Bibles, open it up here. If not, it'll be on the screen behind you. But highlight this one. He says, but you will receive power. I love it. You're going to receive something. You're going to receive something you've never experienced before. When you receive it from me, I'm going to give it to you freely. It's called the Holy Spirit. And it's going to come on you, and you're not going to know what to do with it at first. It's just going to charge you up, and you're going to go crazy with it. And and he says, you're going to be what? my witness. You're going to be my witness. You're going to talk to people about how I love people, how I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It says you're going to be my witness in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the very ends of the earth. And after he said this, he was taken up before their eyes, and a cloud hid them from their sight. I love that because it's kind of challenging for me. He's the light of the world. He's the greatest illumination factor in the world, and he's hiding behind a cloud. I don't know. He must have turned it off for a second. But in the reality of this, it's so huge. He's like, listen, guys, I'm telling you, you're going to be my witness. You're going to be the light. As I leave, you're it. Tag. Remember that old game? Tag, it's your turn. You're it. Go be it. If, you, if you're with me, tag, you're it. And for some of us, we're just sitting on it. We've never done anything with the tag. And I think simply but sometimes because we come to church, we just come, we sit. We're still looking up in the clouds. We're like, ah, is, it, is that? Yeah, it's God. Man. I, 
can't see him. It's up there. No. We're just sitting on it. We're not moving. And simply because we don't even know who God is, we don't even know who the Holy Spirit looks like when we receive it. But when you receive it, get ready. It says, you will be my witness and you will change things. You'll change things in Jerusalem, in your community, in our, in our city. We love to call the city of first, Danville, right? And then it says in Judea, well, that's parable, Junction, Lancaster, Harrisburg. And you got surrounding counties all around us. And then you, then you can take the next step, right? And it says Samaria, that's Casey County, way over there, right? It's, it's the next county over. It's, it's that county far away. We can be a light. We can change things. We can be a witness that impacts our world. Now, here comes the issue. We are either being the light or we're not. It's just that simple. We're either being the light of the world or we're not. And the question you have to answer today, are you being a light? We're either reflecting the light or we're absorbing the light. I think... Every Sunday morning around the world, not just here, but every Sunday morning, people gather just to gather, and they absorb so much light. They are not reflecting at all. And they say, well, I don't know how. I don't, I'm not as gifted as he is. I, I can't play. I can't sing like that. Come on, she can flat out sing. I can't sing like them, too. I can't, I can't play the music. I can't, I can't serve in Kidsville. Have you seen me change a diaper? Trust me. Anybody can change a diaper. Well, not everybody. But... How do I do this? How do I, how do I reflect light? I think that's the, that's the problem. You, you just, you sit on it and you're like, ah. Jeff did an amazing job last week encouraging people to, to consider what does it look like to find your gift and what? Do it well. When you, when you figure out your gift, you should do it well and just change people's lives around you. Don't sit on it anymore. You're either absorbing light or, or you're re- reflecting light. And we have to to be completely honest. Are we being light? Are we being light? 1 John 5, or excuse me, 1 John 1, 5 through 9 says this. This is the message. This is the message that we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light. And in him, there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie. We lie. And do not live out the what? And what did we say a long time ago? It's actually a biblical thing. It's a, it's a truthful thing. It's a word that comes out of Jesus' mouth. And the truth will what? Set you free. I am the way, the truth, and the life. It's interesting, this language that they use and they put it together for us to receive today. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, show up on Sunday, dressed up really nice, put the makeup on, cover the darkness. But we just don't feel anything the rest of the week. We're lying. We lie and do not live out the truth. But, I love it, but... If we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sins. I love it. Basically what it's saying, if we mess up, we get to confess it and we get to live out following him. Yeah, I'm not perfect, but he makes me perfect through his light. He exposes those dark areas in my life so I can live free. 
If we want to be the light, we have to walk in the light. We have to do what it says in Acts 2. It says they devoted themselves to the teaching, to the fellowship, the breaking of bread. They had one thing in common. They surrounded each other, and they did this together. We have to love God and love others, and we have to let our light shine, not just here in church, but at home. It starts at home. I'm telling you, I know a family right now, I even talked to them this morning, where one person changed what they care about, and it's changing the atmosphere in their home. It's awesome to see what God's doing through this family because I I know there's big things coming, and their light is getting bigger and bolder and more contagious. We have to do it at home, and then it's going to transfer over to our work. And when we start to do it at our work, it it really starts to have the ripple effect. It literally goes over to the next person, and it starts to change the atmosphere. And the next thing we do is when we start to play. It just goes everywhere. I mean, any place you go, it it just starts to illuminate things. We have to be a witness. Because if we don't, there will not be any change taking place in our own lives because we've allowed our sin in our lives that that causes us to be dark, to hold us back, to hold us hostage. But we'll still come to church and act like everything is okay. And we'll act like we, we are reflecting, but what we're really doing is just absorbing. And we're not really shedding any light on anything except us. And I don't know how much us is gonna get us anywhere. First John goes on to say it this way in verse eight. It says, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. A lot of people just act like, I'm I'm a good person. I ain't got nothing really wrong with me. You deceive yourself. You're actually destroying the potential of what the light can do. You're actually keeping, you're hiding it under a bushel, right? You're hiding it. You're hiding what the light is capable of doing because you don't know the story that's inside you that's ready to be exposed by illuminating it. We deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Those are some bold statements. And if we confess our sins, however, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all righteousness. And let me tell you what happens next. The light illuminates everything around us. And it allows us to start to see where we're messing up and where we're not doing things right. And it starts to be contagious and the next person catches it and it starts to change things. You see, if we plan on changing our community, then we have to start with the light of the world, which is Jesus. Changing us. And for some of you, you know we can't fake it anymore because Jesus needs to be the light that you share and not your story, not, not, not your, your story of, of basketball, your story of baseball this week, or your story of you fill in the blank but your story of how Jesus is is literally changing how you love your neighbor, how you're loving your wife, your home, your community. And when we start to do that way, I'm telling you, this gets, it gets great. It starts to illuminate like Jesus said. I'm gonna give you something. I'm gonna give you power to illuminate. And when we do that, it starts to allow us to share the gospel in tangible ways. And he's calling you out. He's calling me out. He wants to stimulate us all. He wants to stimulate you and me into life change that can change others. Remember what Jesus said in in John chapter 8, verses 12. It said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me 
will never walk in what? Darkness. But will have the light of life. We have the light of life. You see, you're being called out this morning. You're being called out to be a game changer. And if you claim to follow Jesus, awesome. Ask yourself this. Am I reflecting the light or am I absorbing the light? Am I just sitting as a a bystander, absorbing everything because it's good to come and sing some songs, it's good to be challenged, but I'm not doing anything with it? Are you absorbing? Are you truly reflecting? And maybe you feel like, well, I'm not really good enough. I don't don't know how to do this. I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can share my story because it's kind of personal. It's, it's, It's bad. Let me tell you something. 1 Peter 2.9 says this. You are chosen. You are a chosen person, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. I love what it says, God's special possession. You're God's special possession. You are, you are, you are, you are his chosen person, special, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his what? Wonderful light. No matter what you've done this past week, he's called you out of it and said, I am going to tell you, you are the light of the world. No matter what you've seen, no matter what you clicked on, no matter what you've done, I'm telling you, you are a light of the world. You just got to allow him to change your life. You see, God wants to do something with your life that is so grand, you can't even begin to fathom how huge this is. In a way that lights up the world. You just have to receive it. You got to catch it and open up to be a witness to what happens next. I just want to summarize it with this, this one phrase, to be the light, to be the light. You have to reflect the light, meaning you have to allow Jesus to be the center of who you are. You can't reflect your own light. It just doesn't work. It's not bright enough. You have to allow Jesus to be in here, no longer just here. You have to allow him to be here to expose everything. You have to reflect him. And when you do that, you become just like Christ. You walk in his ways. You, you follow in him. You, you start to do things that only he can get the credit for. And people start to look around and like, how did you do that? How, how did you come out of that debt? How did you restore that relationship? How, did, how, do, you do, how do you love on everybody? And the only thing you guys can say is like, you know, there is a light in me and I can't shut up about it. And his name is Jesus. The beautiful thing about being a Christian or a Christ follower is this. I don't know if you knew this, but it's an amazing thing that is actually in the Greek. And it actually says this, that the word Christian actually comes from a Greek word meaning little, little Christ. Little Christ. Specifically, it means people who chose to believe and obey Jesus his teachings, and they followed him. And, and who strived to live as he did or walk as he did. See, if he is light, then we should be what? Light. And if we go and love our neighbor, then we should go love our neighbor. It's just that simple. If he loves God, then we should love God. And my question is, is what happens when one person starts to do this? What happens when when one person starts to reflect light? 
What happens when one person starts to, to, to be the light? So I've asked our guys to turn all of our lights off for us. And I'm going to show you what happens real quickly. And I asked two people to stand up with a mirror. If you've got a mirror, go ahead and stand up. So I'm going to show you what it takes when one person gets a beam of light. When one person gets a light and they start to shine it over here. Now watch what happens real carefully. Now if Caleb's standing over there, he's, got, he's, he's lit up like a Christmas tree right now. That's Caleb, y'all. But he can point that light. Caleb, can you point that light in the other direction? All right, so I'm, I'm going to challenge you. There it is. See if you can hit this light right there. See, hit that mirror right there. Now, now that's Stephen. Hey, say hello, Stephen. And so the next thing you know, man, we got light bouncing everywhere. And, and if we can hit from one person to the next person, the next thing you know, it's, it's just going to reflect ever. Stephen has a chance to, to point it on every person in here. It's amazing what happens when one person catches the light because the next thing happens, it just bounces everywhere because the next person is going to start to shed the light. It can go up in the nest. He can blind people up there. He can blind a truck driver on 3rd Street. It's great. It's crazy what happens when you catch the light. But what happens if, if we start to do something that is called church? What happens when, when, when we start to catch the light in a way that that really reflects light and illuminates things? What happens when, when we become a, a monumental force for good that changes everything? What happens when a lot of us catch the light and it starts to change everything where we work, where we live, where we play? Well, we, we have a church, we have a movement of like-minded people that literally start to change everything. And the next thing you know, you have something that can light up the world. And you were given a little small round piece of glass, wasn't you? Once you get that piece of glass out, that mirror. And my, my thing is this. If you've got that little mirror, hopefully you're, you're going to do something here in a second that can change everything. God said you are the light. You're going to be the light. You're going you're gonna to be my witness. And what happens when a church starts to stand up and start to do things differently? They, they just don't come to church, but they start to, to illuminate things. And, and I give a flashlight to a couple other people. And so what happens when a, when a light bulb hits up a, a church? It begins to light up the world. And then all of a sudden, we start to center. And so this light represents centering and then all of a sudden, someone else over here starts to catch the light, and they start to point. And then over here, that another person catches the light, and, and then all of a sudden, they start to live, and so we start to center, we start to point, we start to live. Look around the room. Go ahead, look around. The whole room starts to illuminate. There's all kinds of little reflection points. That's what a church should look like. It should light up everything. And my guess is if you take your little mirror, if you take your little small mirror, you could probably catch one of the beams of light and start to move it yourself. You can probably catch a beam of light, find one, and start to illuminate it, start to reflect it, start to move it. Look, there's one. I see somebody moving one right now. I see another person right there moving one. I see one over there moving one. It's pretty amazing what happens when a church catches the light. 
It's awesome when these people start to become the light of the world and they start to reflect the light, not absorbing the light anymore. It's crazy what happens when these little Christ followers, these little Christians start to change everything. It illuminates every piece of darkness there ever was. You see, the, that old song that we used to sing, maybe you remember it. This little light of mine. You do remember it. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Why would you let your light set under a bushel? Why would you allow your story not to be illuminated? Are you afraid of what the person beside you is going to think? There is no fear in light because there's no more darkness. Are you afraid what it's going to cost you? Come on. Jesus took it all. I mean, think about it. He took the pain of the world and he still bore light through it. He's just asking you to lean into this thing. He's asking you to trust what it takes to just say, I want to be a light. And for some of us, we just sit on it. We don't move. We come here week after week around the world. And we just absorb light. I've studied movements and I've studied Christian faith. I've studied so many things. And I think it's interesting that in the book of Acts, there's roughly around, you know, 60,000 some odd people supposedly on the face of the planet. And as soon as he said, go, you're the light of the world. You know, go be my witness. Go be my witness. You're going to be my witness in Judea, Samaria, and the rest of the world. Go do it. They did it. And half the world, over half the world became Christ followers just like that. Within a hundred years, they said there would be over 30,000 Christians, little Christ, little Christ followers, walking in his light. But here we are a couple thousand years later. The world has 7.2 or 7.3 billion people that have more technology than we could ever fathom yet we can hardly even share our faith in tangible ways. And the only thing he asks you to do is to share your story, to share your life. He didn't ask you to, he didn't ask you to go build something. He just said, hey, listen, I'll build it. You just got to go share it. Just go do this. Be my witness. Share the love that's in you. Start to center, start to point, start to live in a community, in a community that says we're going to be the light of the world. And I'm challenging you today. Don't sit on this anymore. How cool is it to look around and see all these little lights? Look up. Come on. How many people do these little lights on this ceiling, on the walls? I mean, that is nuts over there in that corner. That is just crazy. It's like a bunch of eyeballs. How many people do we know that need to be lit up? Now, here's the crazy thing. I'm going to get the guy over there to turn his off first. Go ahead. Centering. 
disappointing. Living's gone. All right, living's now not working. We're not living in the way we're supposed to. All right, so now we turn off the pointing. All right, that, that sort of, that, yeah, that, that sort of started to dim things out a little bit. That, that didn't work the way I thought it was going to work. All right, so now if I, if I turn this one off, though, my, if my light goes out, guess who wins? You see, they thought they had him, man. They thought they had him. They thought they had him. They put him on a cross. They ran a spear through his side. They thought they had him. They thought they turned out the light. They said, we won. We got him. They beat his body even to the grave. His disciples were dejected, tore apart. They didn't know what to do next. They were scared to death. They were running for their lives. They thought they were going to be killed. But they stood in harmony. They ate supper. They broke bread. He even told them, Lynn, I'm going to give you the game plan. I'm going to come back in three days. Stand there and wait for me. They wasn't even there. They were nowhere to be found. Two women, though, man, they showed up. I think they showed up, though, just to show homage, to show favor, to show their love for them, their, their Savior, their Lord. And they found something remarkable. They found out that he was not in that grave, that his light did exactly what he said he was going to do. He's going to come back and he's going to light things up. And he's going to change the world. And eventually he did. And he did it through us. He did it through our story. Through our brokenness. He took all these little pieces and he put them together on a ball, on a world for us to be the light. He wants to use his light to reflect through you to go out and be a light bearer. And he's given you that opportunity day after day after day. And some days it's going to move and it's going to feel weird and it's not going to make sense. And you're just going to be like, I don't know what to do, God. And that's when you're supposed to just sit there and be still and know that he is God. And just reflect the light of the world that's trying to do immeasurably more through you. And trust what happens next. Because he's already won. You can't stop light because it stimulates and it allows things to be seen. It allows things to illuminate. And if we do this right, guys, come on church, if we do this right, it starts to reflect the one who we love. I can't wait for Easter. I can't. I'm excited, man. This is the preview to Easter, by the way. We got two services coming up. And, the, and if you do this right, man, this place should be just thumping, packed full of vibrant lights everywhere because you can't shut up about what's about to happen. If we do this right, it's Easter every Sunday from here on out. It's Easter every single day from here on out because you've caught the light and it's changing everything. You become like this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine.
become a reflector. When you become a reflector, oh, get ready. It gets good. Jesus, thank you so much, man. Thank you for allowing us to be a reflector of your love. Thank you so much for allowing us to just to have a taste of your love. Thank you so much for for doing what you did on the cross. Thank you so much for just loving us so much and to shed light into some dark, dark places. God, you've called us out. You've called us out to be your witness. You've called us out to be a light of the world. You've called us out to love our God, to love our neighbor. You've called us out. You give us the game plan. May we go put it into action. May we go do it in a way that changes lives, starting with our own. Father, that's my prayer. For those who don't know you today, for those who have been absorbing the light, that they get things right today before they leave. They become a light bearer. They start to reflect in ways that changes everything. And God, for those who, who truly Christ followers, they've been hiding it, they've been setting on it for a long time. May they just stand boldly and, and develop this, this passion, this urgency for you, and they start to shed, share this light in a way that literally becomes a game changer for the gospel. God, I'm praying right now that churches around our community start to experience light in a way that changes everything, and may we be that spark. May we be a force that literally illuminates all darkness because you're the center of everything. And if there's anything that's holding us back, Lord, remove it. Allow us to see our own sins that we are tripping ourselves up on. God, just forgive us when we do those selfish things. Lord, I just, just want to reflect you. We just want to see you get the glory. Just want to see you, Father. Move. God, we love you. We thank you. In your name. Amen. Just stand and sing the song with us.